turned out to be a punk rocker. You know what I do? Warning. This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. Welcome to the show. We've got our podcast buddy, Aaron Lewis from Last Jedi on the left with us to take a run at the questions of doom. Aaron, hey, tricks. Yes, not too bad, thank you. Brilliant. Um, Sam is also here, watching on from the corner like a dirty little cut. Excellent. Just finished right, my mate? tea. Having fun? Yes, yeah. lovely time. Just finished my tea. <laughs> um, actually, Aaron, I'm gonna, oh, sorry, what? I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm actually very depressed because as we record this. Rancid, her about to play in Manchester, and I'm sat here talking to you morons. <laughs> I did, I did see you shouting out for a ticket. Yeah, Scott no, rang me today. Through. He could have, he almost had his hands on one for fifty sheets for me. But right, we saw him arrange the evening with the kids and stuff. So, but uh, to pass up. Did sorry about Aaron doing um fine random stuff. Um, <laughs> did uh, did Scott see that? Michelle had tickets for Motley Crue going. Oh, I think he's, yes, he, he did, but he's going as well. He's yeah, going, yeah, yeah. Right, okay, right. Where are they doing in Manchester? Oh, um, the, ah, oh, shit, what's it called? It's the one that's out of town. Um, oh, the, is it the Apollo? The, is it, yes, oh. I think it is the Apollo. Yeah. I've been to the Apollo. Oh, no. I saw Offspring. Um, I saw Offspring at the Apollo. The Warehouse, Victoria Warehouse. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm only asking because I saw that, they originally met be doing the Brixton Academy, but obviously that's shut now, so they got bumped up to Wembley Arena or something. I was like, that's that'd be a weird gig. Yeah, um, somewhere I work with posters and videos, and it looked odd for Anton in such a big place. Sure, it was great, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm sure it was great, but just a bit weird. They were great at Reading Festival, so on the main stage there, so they they can fill the stage like, but. Um, Aaron, would you like to tell us a little bit about your podcast? Because I think when you were on before to do um, Less Than Jake and the specials and what was the other one? There was Ordinary Boys. One. Ordinary Boys. Um, you had either just started or you were just getting wheels in motion. Yeah. So if you want to remind our listeners about your podcast, that'd be great. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a uh, full flow last time I was on anyway. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a still film podcast called, like I say, Last Jedi on the Left. And the whole idea is we get people on to talk about films that they love. And then also, as I'm a massive nerd, we also like to make lists on there as well. So, yeah. yeah. So um, I was um, honored to be on one of your earlier episodes and we did True Romance and then our top five alternative love stories, didn't we? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And uh, people should definitely go and check that one out. Yeah. Did you listen to that, Sam? No, I haven't. No. no. Oh, mate. Little, little massive shout outs. For- Alternative love story films. Yeah. Super bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you yeah. had some great picks for that as well, Rob, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Although McLovin, yeah. actual sex offender. That's that's the uh, <laughs> other thing, isn't it? <laughs> right. But, so um, you're here to run the questions of Doom. You know how it goes. But I have got a couple of bonus questions before we Ooh. get to the show proper, which you're probably unprepared for, but I'm sure a man of your calibre, they'll be absolutely fine. Uh, you do your film podcast. Do you have a favourite soundtrack album? Um, so, it's probably a little bit... like I think that there's some great ones. I probably have a top one, and that's going to be a theme, I reckon, of this podcast as well, that I'm very indecisive. But um, So, I really like the 
first Guardians of the Galaxy one. I think that's great. It really works for the film, but also it's uh, poppy enough that mm. you can pick out the tracks and you can just listen to them a lot of time. Um, I also think that a lot of Quentin Tarantino's, particularly his earlier ones as well, so like uh, Jackie Brown, I suppose I'll shout that one out. Mm -hmm. He picks out a lot of uh, tracks from older films particularly, um, but then relates them in a way to his film, which I think is really good. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at those two. There was a CD I had when I was about... 19 or 20 i suppose um and it was called the tarantino connection and it was just like some songs from the films or films that he was connected to so the um like the dire straits or mark Knopfler song is it six uh switchblade knife or something from desperado oh that right was, yeah that, that was on but yeah it was it, and there was stuff from natural born colors on there and it was, that was a really cool compilation um but the other question i have for you which is film related is do you have a favorite needle drop from a film you know, the moment the song just kicks in. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Um, do I have a favourite one? Is it Layla Is it... and Goodfellas? Well, there's there's quite a f there's almost any time uh, Martin Scorsese wants to use a Rolling Stones track. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, um, <laughs> again, limited myself to about 50 there, but there yeah, you go. <laughs> um, is it Gimme Shelter and The Departed? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he uses that twice doesn't he as well yeah and, yeah. and probably in the irishman as well and probably in gangs in new york but i like um ordinary world in layer cage you know that being so that in one the cafe yeah that one's one i i've never actually seen layer cake oh, okay but a uh, friend of my podcast joe who i had on to do uh bruce willis's films in the 1990s never good episode uh, by the way is uh, he's a guy I work with, and he was sort of a couple of months ago. Actually, he was telling me all about how great that bit was, and then found it on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that you know that works really yeah. well." I haven't seen the whole film, but I've just seen that clip. So uh, yeah, excellent. So I set you some questions. I hope you had fun going through them. But question one might be the most difficult of them all. Um, what are your top three albums of all time ever? Or you can do your top three bands, or you can do both. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah, not an easy one to start off with. So um, I've, I've gone with, and I've kind of gone for the three albums. So I picked out, uh, firstly, I picked out Everything Goes Numb by Streetlight Manifesto. And I've said, picked that one out first because I was like, I am not going to make every single answer to every one of your questions about Streetlight <laughs> Manifesto. So I'll pick that out. We'll go with that one straight off. Uh, the next one, I think, is, again, something that might come up later on, but it's uh, Dookie by Green Day or Ducky, or I know we've had that debate mm. on this podcast a few times. Um, that one is always going to be up there for me. I saw, I know, I Green Day, obviously, like, I've been a fan of since I could, as far back as I can remember. Um, and I only ever saw them once in 20, 2013, it would have been. Um, and it was kind of, so it's kind of like later stage Green Day. Um they came out and they did a lot of the newer ones. And I was like, this is really disappointing. This is, um, I've waited years for this and it's just kind of not what I wanted it to be. Um, but then about halfway through the set, it was a headline set at, at Leeds. I think it was. So it was, they, they basically announced that taking the year off touring next year, but next year would be 20 years that Dookie would have been going. So as a result of that, they were just, they dropped the banner of the, the album artwork and they just did the whole oh, album. Nice. Oh, wicked. And that was incredible. And I yeah. just, 
just lost it that way. It was like from being way down mm. to just right up there in no time at all. And the risk is a shocker for you, Sam. I've been listening to Green Day loads this week. Because they're great. Do you know what? I've had Dookie on. I've had Kaplunk on. I've had Insomniac on. Great, I've even had Nimrod no, on. Brilliant. Um, have you heard the BBC sessions that's on Apple Music? No, I haven't. I would strongly recommend it. Brilliant. It's basically like a... It's kind of like half live almost... Um, and it's like almost like the greatest hits of sort of the first five albums, four albums. Really good, four or five albums. I forget how far it goes up. But yeah, I I stumbled across it. I think Scott and the band might have said about it. And yeah, I've had that on a lot, listened to a lot of Green Day as well, which is weird. And we, I was talking to Nathan, who's also in the band. He was saying um, he listened to that and he was like, he loved it. He's never seen Green Day, which blows my mind. Um but for similar reasons, he sort of got to a point where it's like, I don't know if I want to go anymore because he, it's not, you know, but he was like, if they play, like a go and they'd play this set and then the rest of Ducky, it'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That was, that, no, that was always my fear is like, I, I wanted to see Green Day in 2001, mm, really. Yeah. But, but I'll make do in 2013. But uh, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, and what was your third one? The third one, um, Probably gonna. It was always a tough one because then I was like, right, I've got those two, and now I've got like fifty others to choose from that I think would be up there. But I ended up picking uh, whatever people say I am. That's what I'm not. I know it's it's a popular one. I think uh, I think Jamie might have picked it as well. Yeah. But uh, but that's your that like it was very much your of my age. era. Yeah, yeah. it's the same with Sam. I expect it wouldn't be far away from the top list for Sam. No, not at all. It's a good because you know it's a great record. Um, yeah, it's a good pick. It's a very good pick. It's, it's a lot of it comes down to, you know, they were, I mean, maybe I was a year or two away from it, but they were singing songs about going out to the club and talking to girls and stuff. And it's kind of where I was at as well at that point, you know, so it's, it's a lot of time and place, I think, for that one as well. Um, would they pretty much be the band as well then, those three? Yeah, yes, maybe. I feel like um, it's a tough one because, like I say, if you pick in the first half of Green Day, I'm absolutely having that. Uh, Streetlight are going to be in there mm. regardless. And like you say, then it's sort of probably about 20 or 30 that I could pick for that third slot, I reckon. It's really tough. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them I'll probably get into, I think, later on with the yes. later questions. Um, Streetlight are your favourites, are they there? Definitely, yeah. yeah. The, the one that I always fall back on. Um, and every time I I'll put one of their track albums on or something, I was like, yeah, really. I forget how good this is. I, I, I think I miss them because I don't really know them. But Sam, you know them, do you? Yeah, yeah, good band. I'm, I'm not that, but you know, deep into it. But yeah, what I know is 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 very good. It's a lot of fun. It's a funny one for me. I was never so the the first time I ever really sort of sat up and take notice of them was I'd been to a it was going to a real big fish gig, um, as as you do <laughs> because they were always touring. Um, but they were supporting them one time, and just remember some huge guy in the sort of in the pit, effectively between uh, bands and everything, was we saying about, oh yeah, you know, looking forward to see this guy must be a big, real big fish fan. I think he had like a, a Hawaiian shirt on or whatever, as you do. Um, and he was like, yeah, but really, I'm here for Streetlight. And I was like, that's odd. I, I don't, you know, people come and see the support light. That's interesting. You don't see that very often. Um, and yeah, you know, they came on and they did a set, and I was like, oh, that was that was really good. And then listen to it more 
you get to know the songs a bit more. And I think possibly the best gig I've ever been to was a streetlight gig as well in what is now a closed down club, I think, in Manchester. No, it's my uh, my friend Nick that I think he probably saw that very same tour actually, because he often says that he he saw them and was like fucking hell, that's good, um, you know. And I'm sure he saw a real big fish as well. Um, just to get very incestuous podcastiness, if you check out Punk's podcast, what the fuck do you want? Planty was on there doing a we want a sky revival. <laughs> nice. And it was a very good episode. Um, and Sponge came up. Oh, wow. What a band. So, talking about kicking pigeons. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but certainly, yeah, check out that that show. I'll, I'll send you boys mm. a link to it. It's, it's really good. It's a lot of fun. Um, um, Aaron, what was the first record you bought with your own money or you specifically asked someone else to go out and buy for you? Um, so, I, I struggled with this one because I was like, what was the first anyway i had albums bought for me and stuff i always remember the first single that i bought my own money which was uh praise you by fat boy slim which i always think that's not bad it's probably Pretty slightly good. cooler because because i think my actual album probably would have been like uh hot dog flavored water or whatever it was by <laughs> limb biscuit which i'm a little bit less proud of but there you go there is a choice mind <laughs> <laughs> you certainly and wouldn't what- be on your own on that I mean, not me personally, but a lot of people I know, that's like one of their first records. That that was that was big time. Like, I mean, I'd never listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> it was massive as well, wasn't it? And what was the other one? Um, Chocolate Starfish and that? Yeah, that's, that's the, the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is with Rolling and, yeah. and all of them on there. So, so yeah. what was the one before that? Significant Other. That was another one, wasn't yeah. it? Yes, that I was think the so. first one, maybe. Oh, I fucking don't know. I don't want to think, talk about them. Yeah, I think it <laughs> was before. I don't, it was all around that time where they did that song for Mission Impossible 2 as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, what was the last record you bought or streamed, downloaded, listened to? Like the last album you listened start to finish? So this is the one that, like, I think I've changed the answer to about 50 times since you first sent me the questions. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, this would be a good one. So I think the last one I actually listened to would have been a Frank Turner album. Um, and that comes about because sort of 10 or 15 years ago, I was like hugely into Frank Turner. I probably saw him on it every tour he did and, you know, loved it, all of his stuff. And then I just really kind of fell off him. He did an album called uh, Positive Songs for Negative People. And I just never really got into it. And I've kind of just fallen, not fallen out with him, but just never really got back into it ever since. I was listening to his latest one because it's uh, FTHC, as in Frank mm-hmm. Turner, hardcore. Um, and it's not really that. There's like two, one or two hardcore songs on there. And I was like, uh, okay. I, I keep trying, but he, he's never really. So that was the last one that I listened to fully. That was the first one of his that I actually listened to. Was it? Yeah, because I, like, again, passed me by i quite yeah, enjoyed yeah. it i quite enjoyed it at the time when we listened to it when it first came out for the podcast and like i haven't been back to it i fell out not fell out of love but i i was really into him um up until about like is it england keep my bones yeah that, see i could really quite like that i like that record but I, I saw him live around that time and was terribly disappointed i thought and yeah i Thought he was going to be great, and I've only ever seen him solo, seen him twice. Not anything to write home about at all. People say see him with a band, and he's much better. But 
I think he's got used to being with the band a bit more now. Um, but I think probably if I was going to pick an album now, I would pick Love Iron Song as his album yeah. that I would go back and listen to. So that would be my recommendation. For, Brilliant. That's what I try it again. To be fair. Yeah. All right. I'll give it a spin tomorrow. Um, what was the first gig you went to, Aaron? First gig I ever went to was uh, Sum 41 in Manchester. Oh, Killer No the Apollo. Yeah, yeah, around that time, yeah. Around when that... the, fun, the, the fun story about that is because I was 10 or 11 when mm. that was out. Um, must have been 11, say. So I, But I went with my dad, and it turns out that I didn't really realize on the way up we hadn't actually got tickets, <laughs> and we were just going to get them off a towel. Yeah. And we ended up... Uh, we ended up being there quite early, but we ended up waiting ages to try and find someone off a tout because none of the touts had any either. They were just buying at the time. Um, and then when we did get them, there was an absolutely massive queue that seemed to curl right around the entire venue to get in. So a lot of uh, memories from that, but yeah, really good gig. I had a similar experience on my um, for my 18th birthday. I came home from work and um, dad came home and he's like, come on then, we're going to Hereford. I was like, why? He's like, oh. Manics are playing in the Leisure Centre. I was like, yeah, but it's sold out. It sold out weeks ago. He's like, yeah, we'll sort something out. Come on. And he, he went up to a tape. He's like, how much the tickets made? He was, and the tape was like 45 quid each. He said, so they only say about 18 on the door, though. And he, I think he ended up paying, Dad ended up paying like 20 each for him or something. But Not bad going, that, yeah. Oh, Dad, don't you? Yeah, they don't get no much. Crossing. Like, no crossing. Well, no, you <laughs> don't, don't get much change from him either, do they? No. <laughs> but no, it's... I I think those uh like if just a case of, you know, we'll rock up if we don't get a ticket, what have we lost? Yeah. It's, it's I think like, that like, was half it. Half yeah. in the car, you know. So um what's the last gig you're at? Uh so this one is a what do you class as a gig, I guess, because so the last sort of live music thing I went to with was uh, sorry, I went to was with my wife. We went to see a like a string quartet doing Beatles covers in the Candlelit concert in Liverpool. Excellent. Which is which is quite nice, you know. But is it a gig? Mm. <laughs> it know kind of falls that. into concert, that doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds so lovely, then, though. It does. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> lovely. That is that's a good word for it. Yeah. Um, so the one before that again was with a friend of the show, Jamie. We went out on St Patrick's Day to go and see Limehouse Lizzie. Yes, uh, local, which Heard is all a about this. Thin Lizzy tribute act. Don't remember the end of the night, no. so that probably says says it. Um, but again, is a cover band? Is that a proper gig? Not really sure. So the one before that was I saw Lars Fredrickson. He did a solo show in the Death Institute in Manchester. Honestly, like why aren't we like best mates? <laughs> Went to that same tour. It was fucking incredible. I just remember the, the the thing I particularly remember was like for the first time in a long time at a gig, my ears were ringing for like three days mm. afterwards because he was incredibly loud. But yeah, but yeah, and he's brilliant as well. Like um, obviously he's, he's bantering, explaining all the things for all the songs, and I'm I'm sure I heard you mention that he refused to do any that Tim Armstrong sings. Yes, yeah, because we had the same thing where we asked for a request and he's like, "No, I'm not doing that one. That was Tim's song." Yeah. So. Did he threaten to kill anyone? Because he was fucking threatening to kill people left, right, and centre when we saw him. 
don't think so. But someone did buy him a drink, which was quite interesting. He was like, "No, I don't. I don't drink now." So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. He, he, I, yeah, I, we went. Were you expecting like a bit of a more of a sort of like Q and A almost? Yes. Yeah. Because I think it was billed as like an evening with yeah. Lars Fredriksson. So you expect like, oh, he's going to sit there and tell some stories and stuff. And it was no. He's just going to play songs really loud out yeah on his own. Yeah. Really fucking loud. Brilliant. Um, Aaron, have you ever been in a band? Um, for about 10 minutes, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Before everyone realized that I couldn't even play bass. So, <laughs> Christ, if you can't play bass. <laughs> I was, I was not, I'm not very musically talented, to be honest. But yeah, it was, it was one with, again, with friend of the show, Jamie. We were in a band in school. We didn't really get too far. Um, but I remember a lot of uh, a lot of rehearsal sessions trying to nail down various different Arctic Monkey songs. So yeah, it's this one where because um, he tells a story of being dressed, getting dressed up like the ordinary boys. Probably that was yeah, yeah. that would have been about right. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you could have taken that further, is there a kind of band you would have liked to have been in? Is there like an Aaron? Is there like an Aaron Lewis blues explosion or I don't know. Standing in front of no, but I like that name. Mm. Yeah, 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 good name. John Spencer's I mean, already I, got it, though, any. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought about it, and I thought if I'm going to be in a band, what I probably want to be in nowadays is like a weekend covers band. I haven't particularly got the motivation or time to be writing my own material and, and rehearsing that and everything else that goes along with it. Fair play to you, particularly Sam. I know you because you guys do, but um, but yeah, I. I'd be quite happy to go out and cheer a bunch of people up at the weekend by playing a bunch of songs that they already know. Um, who's been the biggest influence on your record collection? Um, it's definitely going to be my old man. Um, I, I, from an early age, he introduced me, like he would play his music to me and sort of introduced me to like what I, what I guess I'd call like proper music. You know, like, like I said, the first sort of time... I was stepping out and, and listening to proper music on my own. It was because the biscuit were popular. But then my dad was a bit more like, actually, that's crap. Listen to this instead. And fair play to him because God knows where I'd be otherwise. So, um, so yeah, it, it's my dad. Like I say, a lot, of, a lot of his music, not entirely, but a lot of his music is, is passed down to me, his interests anyway. So um, who are his favorites? Who are his favorite bands? Um, and again, it's probably going to be sort of a lot similar to me. So it, when we did the episode on specials, for example, mm. that's pretty much all come from him. Yeah. He was, uh, he's big into his, like, a lot of his sort of 70s and early 80s uh, punk and stuff like that is from him as well. So I've been to see, um, I've been to see Stiff Little Fingers, for example, like three or four times with him as well, because they're still going. So that's always a good one. Um, I guess who else would who else would he pick? The Clash would be in there, I'm sure. And then even like, so my my love of like Streetlight Manifesto comes from him being a fan of specials and from, you know, anything that's kind of that way involved as well, like a lot of the Scar music and stuff that was coming across at the time. Excellent. It's funny how it works, really, because like, um, like, Dad would come to gigs with us. You know, like, 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 like went to V Festival once with dad. Dad took me to the Manix. And it's just, I think because there's only like 20 years between me and my dad, it's that it's that little bit easier. You know, where, yeah. like, where if it was like 25, 27 years, it might be a little bit 
different. I always appreciated that. I think mum came with us when to, when we went to see Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. So Birmingham, was that Birmingham Apollo? Birmingham uh, Carlin Academy? Something or something? like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Our mum, down the front. I always think with, um, so like, sort of, like, don't necessarily like the same sort of stuff as mum and dad. Sorry, between you and Rob, but, um, but it sounds similar and that, like, it was around and decent music was around. Like, I don't know, like, dad loved Queen, mum loved REM. I say loves, they're not dead. <laughs> Sorry, just to, uh, but it, it's that environment of it being around. Like you said, you sort of think, oh, I quite like this. This is a bit alternative with like the Limp Bizkit. And you, you're all about, oh, hang on a second. Sort of like reels you in a little bit. Yeah, that was basically it, really. Excellent. Right. It's a one-day festival just for you. You get six slots. Who would you like to book? Who would you like to see in the sunshine in, at the end of August? Say? Yeah, so I, I thought about this one quite a bit because at first I was like, okay, well, am I going to approach it from like a, you know, if it's it's a fantasy lineup, I can pick anyone alive or dead mm-hmm. or in it, even if they're a bit past their prime now, you pick them in like in their prime as such. But so originally... So the first lineup I had, which is the one I've sort of landed on, isn't that necessarily. But I did think about trying to place it where, you know, who you got on having what slots. So I started off with the day with Billy Bragg. Uh, you know, great any time of day, I think, that mm-hmm. one. So I thought that was a decent one. Uh, the next one is Beans on Toast. Excellent. So, yeah, I'm not, people may not be aware of his stuff, I guess. I don't know. He's but... one of those from... I always lump him in with like, um, I know it's, it's quite different, but with like Scroobius Pip and that, they've kind of got that spoken word background and they've they, like, they've come up in that sort of folksy, spoken wordy poetry type scene, if you like. Sort yeah, of from I think about, so. From like 2008 through to about 2013, there was a bit of a, a bit of momentum gathering there, I think. Yes, I think so, definitely. And I think that he might be friends with like Frank Turner as well mm. and stuff. I think I'm they've sure taught Frank, together. Yeah. Name drops him in one of the songs as well. I was going to say, I heard him first through a friend of mine who also, he sort of like found Frank Turner and Beans on Toast kind of at the same time. You know, that sort of. Yeah. But yeah, he's great. Similar sort of area. Uh, Next one I'd have is, and I guess, I don't know if these are still technically touring, but I got the King Blues in there. Um, They were sort of, for about three, four years in my life, they were like the best thing ever. So, yeah. I really Thanks. like that punk and poetry yeah, album you, you sent through to me, Sam. Yeah. But they were one of your bands that you sort of put me on to. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I really like them. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, so after that, I got I, I got one of your favorite uh, bands, Rob. Uh, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> you, you've gone back in the in the podcast feed? Yeah, just just this one's not coming out now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, not for everyone. Um, as I can, as you can attest. But I can't, uh, we did that ages ago. Christ, yeah. I've been a long term listener. Yes. Yeah. I, I'll go back. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I got them. Um. The next one up, I had to get Streetlight Manifesto in there. Yeah. So they were they were in fifth. They were co-headliners, if you will. Um, because I think that you're never going to find a better way of finishing the night than with Flogging Molly. Oh, nice. Yeah. Bloody hell. Brilliant. Uh, they are also a band that have got contender for the best gig I've ever been to. Uh, we did the, I think it was the old Academy. I don't know if it's still there in Birmingham. 
but rather than the, the downstairs big bit, they just played it like effectively on the balcony. Oh, for what yeah. they called like the Academy Two, and it was it was a night like the weather had been like it has been recently, where it's just like thirty odd or even hotter, even probably because it was like thirty odd degrees, and you're in this tiny little pit effectively with a bunch of people, and just remember like the sweat coming back down off the ceiling onto you. And uh, Dave, the the lead singer, because obviously he's, he's Irish, but he lives in LA. He has done for, for years now. Um, just sort of turns around and goes, "Bloody hell, it must get hot here in the summer." <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those lines that you kind of remember forever. So what a it's band! Brilliant, like you say, those, those summer gigs because like normally you get gigs in the autumn or uh, like through like autumn and then into the winter, and then it feels like it's festival season. So they're just like grabbing odd dates here and there in between you know they might play glastonbury then play yeah. a night something a night somewhere else before going on to tea in the park or whatever it is nowadays and so when you do get those height of summer indoor gigs fucking hell they're up yeah the damned no was one of them wasn't yeah it, yeah um i know i'm derailing rob i know this is probably no, why uh i don't get invited on no i'm joking I've got two two questions, Aaron, if I may. First one is, where do I get tickets for your festival? <laughs> and second, um, the rattlesnakes, not the gallows. Um, so the, a lot of it comes down. To, well, like I say, originally it's kind of be because the rattlesnakes are the band now, right? Okay, yeah. But but secondly, I I was never massively into the gallows. I'm listening to them back now. Uh, and I, you know, I like them and everything, but I was never into them at the time. I got into to Frank Carter's music as such when he was doing the the band that he did between the two called Pure Love. Oh, so good. If you yeah, know it's a good record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sort of perhaps a bit more your speed, Rob, because it's not as heavy. It's not as shouting and screaming. It's just a bit more. There's a the American guitarist with him was like really good guitarist as well, um, and was obviously big into like his his music and stuff from that like um but sort of memory i've got from them was one of my friends was uh was living in belgium doing a course at the time or something and there's a music festival over there that we we was like he could get us tickets because he lived over there and could get all the camping gear and everything we just had to fly out so it was dead easy so uh me and my friend flew out and we saw this this festival in belgium and we saw pure love there and there's these two in a tent where there's these two poles sort of halfway back in the crowd or whatever holding the tent up they said right okay we're gonna get two like lilos me and the guitarist and we're gonna have a race crowd surf around the two poles and first one back on the stage wins <laughs> brilliant and then so that and just uh there not being like any barriers at the front or anything so you could just get on the stage and just everybody getting on the stage at the end was it's a fantastic moment so yeah that was my uh, introduction to Frank Carter. So, and like every gig I've been to since then has been wild. I remember going to one to see the same band in Chester, and it felt like about twenty people turned up. So he said, "Right, okay, there's no point in us standing up here. We'll do the gig down there." And they just got the whole drum nice. kit and everything into oh, the pit. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the gallows, and it was it was fucking insane. It was so rough. It was like like little sweat pot. Yeah, great gig. Again, not. I was never massively into them, um, but my mate loved them, and he was like, "We're going." I was like, "All right." And like, even after that, like, they they were so good live, like that was like almost well, it was it was that much better than the record, if you know what I mean. So 
Yeah. It's pretty energetic and it's pretty, um, I forget what it's called, the first album. Uh, I don't know. Yes. Uh, what, is no, it yeah. Orchestra of Wolves or something? Um, Would be. But that sounds familiar. Yeah, they were fucking brilliant live and he's great. He's a proper front man, isn't he? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the only other, I was going to say, the only other things I had in there were, there was a few sort of honourable mentions, I guess, for if I was having like a fantasy lineup, yeah. um, I'd have to find some way of getting like Jimmy Cliff. Oh yeah, nice. That's the Sunday uh, afternoon, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. He's going to be early on there. Um, I'd have the Beatles in there because I love the Beatles. I'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Ramones, because Ramones were just fantastic. They pioneers and everything else and also the headliner would have to be the clash for me because clash one of the best bands ever yeah quality just to be a hipster if i had to choose i'd see uh joe thrower and the mescaleros over the clash if i had to choose but you know if a gun to my head i would probably see the mescaleros <laughs> to be honest um that is that is very hipster. That is, yeah i love those three albums though i absolutely adore those three albums i think i think they're exactly where the clash would have ended up had they stayed stayed together i think if the clash had stayed together we would have got those albums 10 years earlier that's the only difference i think i think probably I think true actually i think they're fucking wonderful um, all three of them like and that street core as a final piece before you know like yeah it's perfect aaron have you heard the um jimmy cliff record he did with, with tim armstrong Ooh, no. Really good. Stumbled across it a little while ago. Really good. Rebirth, I'll, isn't it? I'll be Googling that in a minute. Yeah. Rebirth, I think yes, it's called. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he does, he does Ruby Soho on there. She's really cool. Yeah, good. Decent record, that. Um, which band or artist makes you dance around the kitchen like a bit of a dickhead? Um, absolutely, hands down. It's got to be madness. Excellent. Uh, not only my kitchen, uh, also the dance floor at my wedding. Um, ask anybody who was there. Um, yeah, just you just hear, I don't know, one step beyond kicking, and you can't help but just look like a dickhead, particularly, but dance around. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Madness to come up before on that question, so that's good. Um, which band or artist does the whole world think are amazing and you just don't get? So I think there's probably quite a few of these. And like my go-to answer for this, bearing in mind, I know what you've just said to Jamie as well, but my go-to answer to this used to always be uh, Radiohead. Mm -hmm. But then I have kind of come around to Radiohead a bit in the last few years, particularly like OK Computer and yeah. the things before that. After that, I'm getting a little bit less for me. But um, that always used to be my answer. So now I guess I think it's probably going to be like Pink Floyd or like anything particularly prog it's not really my speed so yeah that's going to be my answer i tried to like pink floyd for a long long time i think i said to dean on here ages ago that you know i tried perhaps just... like me you just didn't have enough hallucinogenic drugs or whatever mm -hmm. and... or or too many maybe i think <laughs> who knows um, on the op the opposite end of that, the other side of the coin, is there a band that you're into that none of your mates like, and they're like, "What the fuck are you listening to that shit for?" I, I don't know, like about my mates, but particularly the people you seem to have had on this podcast. My answer would be the Beatles because right. everybody seems to pick them for that first yeah, bit. Mental turnaround on that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I just like everybody's like the Beatles, and I'm like, but the Beatles are like one of the best bands ever. I know you you guys are not big on that, but I I wonder if people people know my 
this, this is going to be a big stance to take, but I wonder if people know my stance on the Beatles in a king to please. <laughs> <laughs> Best not upset, Rob. No, no one thinks that much of you, mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've clearly not come in with that stance. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me, like, it feels like the, the it kind of feels like the Beatles have always been there. Now, mm. if it was because when I was very young and you'd listen to, Yellow Submarine and Octopus has got anything Ringo wrote, particularly. Um, and you can kind of get by with that because that's enjoyable. And then you get into it a little bit more. And then you you have a phase, like I had a phase where I was like, I don't like the later Beatles stuff. It's all hippies and crap. And I actually, I was all right with it when they were doing two minute songs in little clubs because that was a bit more what I was in. And then like, even then after that, I get into like Helter Skelter, I think is just so far from what they started off with and how they went through so much different kind of music in eight years and they did so much. I, I always think it's just incredible. I know I'm not going to convince you. But... No, 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 it's not. No, like, <laughs> and again, just a double down. It's like, if you go back to 1965 and then you go back another 60 years, because we're now listening to music, like the Beatles music is 60 years old. Are you listening to like chamber Baroque or, and stuff? Obviously. In the yeah. 19th, in, <laughs> but do you see what, but there's that, that's, that's the time scale. That's that's the jump, and and part of it is the reason that the Beatles and the Stones and the Who and Elvis, like, there's so many of that, so many boomers that they just sold so many records, and it just ingrained all of that into the into the ether forever. And I just, yeah, I yeah, I'm not going to play devils. It, it doesn't matter. Here we go. I, I'm, best of the Beatles. Best of the Beatles. I'm very middle of the road with the Beatles. I don't love them. I don't hate them. I've tried, but I've probably not tried as hard as I could. Um, and you make a fair point, Rob, but there was more than five bands in 1960. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 yeah. Like, and, but no, I'm saying, yeah, but I'm there saying. There must that... be something. I get what you're saying about, like, they were so big that, like, everybody loved them, so it all gets passed down, but there must be something. It's not, no, it's not just the passing, it's not just the passing down, it's the holding on. Yeah, but you can't say that Aaron's holding on to the Beatles. No, 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 I'm not. I'm saying that's been passed down to him from people who are clinging on for dear life with it for, yeah, to remember when they were 18 and the world was all optimistic and their knees worked. (laughs) Um, if you, that, that said, I'll be honest, although he's, does like him. He was never like a big fan. Mm. I saw. I could say that it's not particularly from my dad. No, no, no. But you know, like, yeah. generalizing, I that well. No, I think I think it's a fair point. I definitely think there is. You know, like as you said, it's, it's them or Elvis, isn't it? It's like mm. the, your two great art. Well, if you will, at least the at least the Beatles wrote their songs. Elvis just nicked them. To be fair, true. Yeah. So, uh, but, but, but my Sam, answer, I was going to say so, sorry. So sorry. this week, Sam, you would say the same about like fast forward five years, you'd say exactly the same about Led Zeppelin, wouldn't you? I think Led Zeppelin is shit though. Well, exactly. <laughs> but there's a whole world of like rock and metal fans who think they're the best biggest yeah. thing since the Beatles. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. because they were megastars at a time when people look at what radio two is still playing now yeah you know anyway sorry yes i i now we've addressed the uh elephant in the room yeah 
I was, my actual answer for this was actually something different. Um, yeah, I go got the the Bronx. Okay. A band I'm very much not expecting you to like, Rob. No. Well, I'm um, going to look them up. So, a hardcore punk band. Yeah. Uh, from LA, not even from the Bronx. But it's just particularly because, like, I've got friends who are into punk, and, like, my dad's into punk, and we saw them supporting somebody else once. And I remember turning around to my dad, and I was like, G'd up after seeing him, and he was like, "Yeah, not for me." So, uh, so yeah, that's that's probably going to be my answer. I, fun, fun fact on fun, fun. Sorry, I find the Bronx odd because everything I know about them, and this might be this is probably your point as much as anything, and that everything I, I know about the Bronx ticks boxes for me. I've never got into them. Never. I've I've listened to them before, and they always seem. I'm sure I've seen them because they they seem to support everyone. That's what Rancid yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. in London last night, didn't they? Um, yes. And yeah, yeah, that's a interesting pick, that. To be fair, if you don't like the Bronx, uh, you can always listen to their side project, which I think is everybody's the same, but they call themselves Mariachi El Bronx, and they do Mariachi yes. music. Oh, fantastic. Yes. So that's a bit more easy listening if, if the Bronx isn't your speed. Brilliant. Um you can time travel to any musical era or scene. Where would you like to go? So again, in classic fashion, I couldn't nail down one answer to this. Um, I've, I've picked either, I wanted to say like over the late seventies. So I could be there for, and it's like, do I want to be London? So you've got like the clash and like even the pistols, bands like that, that were coming up, you know, the damned stuff like that. Uh, or would I even be in New York? So I could be in like CBGBs and see the Ramones and you know patty smith and everyone else who played there back then so one answer i got but then also i was like probably that feels like something maybe that i've inherited almost like you said like we were mentioning before mm. um whereas possibly my actual answer would be i'm a 90s kid so like if i was like 10 years older so i could properly appreciate the 90s at least then or maybe i'd rather have been around in the early 90s particularly in san francisco seeing like Operation Ivy and Green Day when they started up. So yeah, I, those are my two answers. I couldn't really pick between one, but it would be it would be one of those to be around that sort of core of something starting. Um, okay, sorry, I, I know I'm derailing no, again. Um, interesting, and I'm, and I'm also massively generalizing here, and I'm going to ask probably end up asking you if you like gravy. Um, but as a being a Northern lad, is there anything about, and I know it's, probably slightly different job ge geographically but like does the whole like um oasis blur brit pop kind of thing does that era interest you much kinda um i find myself so I... and apologies there for for massively you know north washington no no it's fine it's fine because you're probably not that you're not probably not actually <laughs> that far from it so, because I've, story time again, I uh, liberal lefty leaning person that I am, Guardian reader. I saw some, something on the Guardian the other day that was ranking the top ten Blur songs because they've got a new album coming out or something like that. Um, and I sat there and I read through it, and I was like, they haven't even got this. They haven't got Part Life on there. They're bloody Guardian. Why are they doing? Um, but I so I debating it with a friend of mine, and then we ended up getting onto the Blur versus Oasis thing. And he basically ended up with me the next day sitting out in the sun listening to the Oasis Nebworth album. So that's, that's kind nice. of where I fall on yeah, it, yeah. pretty much. That says everything you need to know. 
But even then, Oasis were no good after like the third album, were they? So. Yeah, I quite like a lot of that Britpop, but Oasis are one of the bands that I don't really go that far on. Uh, you get one song to add to our playlist, which we can put into space or bury in a time capsule. But yeah, the playlist for the ages, what would you like to put on the playlist? Um, so I'm going to pick a song called Salty Dog by Flogging Molly. Uh, just a real sort of kick up the arse of a song, really, I guess. Gets you up and gets you dancing and... It's everything that quite like about music, really. Yeah, excellent. That's a great. Thank you very bit. much. Yeah. Any notes on that, Sam? Um, just a great band. Um, I like. I don't want to steal anyone's thunder, but I've got a good blogging Molly story. If you'd like to hear it, don't yes. have to include it. So, first time I went to Reading Festival. So, sixteen years old, chubby, still am, but you know. Anyway, young, really young. Add, add some Strongbow. And I'm watching Flogging Molly. And I turn to my left and there's this guy talking to his mate. And he's going, he's going, fucking hell, I don't want to miss this band, but I really need a piss. And his mate just goes, oh, just piss yourself. And his mate goes, all right. And he stands there and pisses himself. <laughs> and um, I was just there like, what on earth is happening? Like, do you know what I mean? I've never seen anything like it. And now everyone just then avoiding him like the fucking plague. <laughs> Once they started getting going, like I'd love. To be honest, I've been in like pits at a festival now before where I've seen like people get it out for lack of a better term and, yeah. and do it there and then, but not to just not just skip that just step. They're pissed themselves. Horrific. <laughs> they want to have been good. They were. They're fucking brilliant. <laughs> aren't they? They're a fucking proper band, like. Yeah, great definitely. Festival like I say, they? seen them a few times and they've been great. The first time I ever saw them was in one of the smaller ones in Liverpool, I think it was. I ended up getting right down to the front right, on the barrier because I know that I would have been not probably like 14, 15 probably at the time. So my old man's like standing basically around me on the barrier, stopped me getting like my head kicked in or whatever. <laughs> so, so, and, on uh, <laughs> all that, yeah. And... Uh, and then we ended up catching them by the stage door. So somewhere in my parents' loft, I've got a poster from the gig signed by the oh, band members as well. So Excellent. Dude, that was great. Do you want to Thanks. just remind everyone where they can find you? Yeah, so uh, it's Aaron Lewis 33 on Twitter, because I haven't made one for the podcast, but I am. Um, uh, get me Last Jedi on left. I think it is on Instagram as well. And obviously the podcast is Last Jedi on the left. Excellent. So, Available in all good podcast places. Cool. Uh, links will be in the show notes to all that stuff and all of our stuff. Um, the important stuff at the minute is Lost Hiker Records, our little DIY record label, which listeners can support either through the Patreon or by buying the new EP from Alvin and the Angry Barrels. Should be out by now. If not, it's not far away. Is it, Sammy? <laughs> uh, no pressure. Yeah, no, it'll be out. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be good to go. Good. Um, otherwise, that was Aaron. He was Sam, I was Rob, and that was Records and Bands. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Tell me how good it's fucking born.